Uh, today we have two uh, secondary colleagues. We have Art Gregory, who is Regional Director for Arc Schools, and Colin Creham, who is Head Teacher at Holy Trinity. We are going to be discussing today the implications for schools reopening uh, to Year 10 and Year 12, and also looking at online learning and the things that both colleagues are concerned about and thinking about as we move forward. So, Mark, let's start with Year 10. Uh, what are your plans for welcoming these students back into school? Yeah, um, we have, um, we're, we're actually pretty grateful to finally receive some DfE guidance uh, over the half term because prior to that, um, welcoming Year 10 and 12 in some of our schools back was a source of some anxiety. I think the guidance has been pretty um, helpful in providing us with parameters for what we're going to be doing. So we're looking forward to welcoming, um, to beginning to welcome uh, students back on, on the 15th. Um, principally, we've, we've worked hard prior to that in trying to make sure that our home learning uh, means that pupils don't, haven't forgotten what they'd already learned up till March. We weren't trying to deliver new content, thought there were likely equity problems with that, particularly for the large number of our students who struggle to access home learning or haven't had the same support at home as others. So the first part of the work as we welcome the attends back is to see to what extent we managed to meet that intention um, by having a, a kind of one-to-one -one review with someone that knows them well to make sure that, um, to find out where those gaps are, to find out which ones have opened up. It's also important to us when we started out to make sure that our pupils didn't feel alone or forgotten. The pastoral part of, of the work's important. So that conversation isn't obviously just about why didn't you do the home learning or, or how well did you do at it? It's um, how, how are you? How, how has it felt? And important for our, our teachers to listen to our communities about that experience, which has been um, not, it's not just, I don't think, about COVID-19, but also a kind of multiple burdens of injustice that, that some of our communities face and listening carefully to how those have been experienced through the through the prism of COVID-19 is going to be really important. Um, we'll also go some way to reassuring pupils and parents um, that we, we, we're interested in their success in the future, that we're not limited by what's happened currently and that we move forward. After we've done that, um, we're keen to move into um, some kind of uh, structured sessions around core subjects, obeying the social distancing rules and the 25% uh, um, kind of rules. We're really worried um, that gaps will have opened up for our most vulnerable students and we're particularly keen. Right now we're contacting every parent, every parent to make sure that for those students we're getting them in so that we can start to understand what has happened, understand how, how this has been experienced begin to start closing some of those gaps for year 10, 12 before summer. Um, yeah, so that's kind of the, the, the kind of broad overview. That's really helpful, Mark. How long are you expecting these one-to-one -one reviews to take? Are you giving them, you know, is it an hour? Is it longer? What, do you, what, what are you thinking? I think it'll be about an hour and a half. And I think um, it'll so be pretty significant in the, in the first week um, to make sure that we've got everyone back. It also gives us, you know, uh, it's important to, there's a lot of anxiety from everybody around around this this stuff. This, you know, I read yesterday that uh, easing of lockdown has reduced the general anxiety level in the country slightly, but it is still higher than it's ever been. Um, apart from at the start of, 
of, of, the, pan, of the pandemic and the lockdown, and that's affecting everybody. And I think just taking some time to come back into the building to get slightly more used to the fact that, that this is that we're going to be seeing each other again. That there's, there's a thing called a school that, that, that exists in this uh, physical space as well as online. It's going to be really important, um, and we want to make sure that we do that well because you know I think. It will not only assuage anxieties on behalf of pupils and parents, but also anxieties that our staff and our leaders feel about it. This gives us a moment to warm up um, to it uh, before we go and try and, uh, and try and put more structure in. Um, to do it the other way around, I think, would, would just exacerbate worries and fears that, that folks are likely carrying with them at the moment. That's really helpful. Colin, what about you? Does that echo with you? Um, I have to say, I'm sitting here feeling really reassured having listened to Mark um, because uh, it's very similar to uh, what we're planning to do at Holy Trinity. And I think um, context here is really key uh, in the communities that are served by myself and, and, and Mark um, around the vulnerability, the deprivation, the health, well-being, etc. Exacerbated by the very, very real challenge um, statistical challenge that if you are from a black or ethnic minority group or setting, um, your chances of uh, being harmed or affected by COVID-19 are sadly greater than if you are not. Um, and that's what the statistic is telling us. So we've had to um, bear that um, in mind in terms of our planning. And just like Mark, we are taking a softer approach um, to begin with and we are going to welcome in um, students over a 10-day period um, separated to about 12 to 15 students per day where they will have um, a one-on-one um, tutorial which will be um, an assessment of their needs predominantly their pastoral needs I must say um, it's an opportunity to catch up on, on how they are and how they're feeling, how their families are etc um, but after their tutorial, what we're also going to do, which is um, what we believe is very useful, is that each student is going to have an ICT workshop um, with a technician. Um, and in that workshop, they are going to complete a very short questionnaire about their confidence in using all of the various um, platforms that we have attempted to provide for them, such as um, an email facility, such as um, Microsoft Office and, and, and Teams, various le virtual learning platforms that we've had. It's an opportunity to have a look at whether students have got to take off in details of all of those things. Maybe an opportunity for them if there is some lack of confidence or familiarity that there's a, an expert there to support them with that. And also, fortunately, we had as an academy secured a substantial amount of devices from the DFE, which by um, the time of our tutorials, they, they should be coming to us by then. And where applicable, um, in conjunction with parents, we can uh, provide our students with what they need in terms of their ICT provision. Moving forward, we would look then to follow it up, a bit like what Mark has suggested, um, prior to the summer with a second revisiting of this, which would focus more on the academic um, side with students being in for longer in school and spending some time with um, subject teachers. 
we're unsure about how that will look at the moment um, but we're going to take everything one step at a time we want to see how the first round of tutorials work get some feedback from staff and pupils about that and then we can look to plan a second phase going into the summer but the ambition is and it's a really really big ambition it's an achievable one um, it's a similar challenge here to, to mark schools um, that by the summer holidays we will have ensured that every student in year 10 will have access to a device and all of the various connections and things that they need in order to support their learning going forward just in case we have another period of lockdown but more likely we're going to have blended learning going into September so that's our absolute ambition um, it's, uh, it's, it's not going to be easy it's, it's, it's hard work um, when you serve in a community of almost 60% of your students are pupil premium and 80% are DAL. But we have to be ambitious and we believe we can achieve this. That's really, really interesting. One of the things that primary colleagues have been talking about, the fact that lockdown happened so quickly that um, we didn't have time to teach children how to, how to um, access online learning. And the fact that you're using that as a strategy uh, when they come back, I think is, is, it sounds so sensible to me. Mark, I noticed you were nodding. Are, are you, have you got something similar planned? Yeah, we have something similar planned. I mean, it just, um, I was nodding first because it will happen so quickly. Um, and I think what that has meant is that our online learning and so on is, um, it was built very, very fast. And alongside the kind of, the huge amount of work to get year 10 and 12 back into some face-to-face -face provision, We've also got to think about how we increase engagement with and improve the quality of um, the kind of online provision we're making for years that aren't coming in. Um, because our initial start off with that was was born of necessity, and now uh, uh, a rapid necessity. And now I think, as Colin, you say it's going to be uh, an integral part of the offer for some time to come. And so uh, there needs to be a doubling down on that. Um, also, just the reflection. I mean, I was making it to Tracy just before we started about um, about independent learning um, and about how and about a kind of similarity to to reading. Now we know that we often say that if we give kids lots to read, they become good readers, um, and we know that's not actually the case. It's just that good readers like to read a lot. Um, it's the same with independent learning. I think what's happened here is the students already have who already have the skills and the capacity and are supported are, um, are able to access that independent learning. Some of the students that Colin and I work with um, weren't independent learners in March and so are not independent learners yet. Um, and so we can't hope that just by giving them lots of opportunities to learn independently, they will become independent learners. There's an iterative structured process to becoming an independent learner that it sounds kind of like you're you're going to be delivering in in holy trinity because they're not gonna they're not gonna get it by osmosis just the same as you don't learn to read by being near lots of books you don't learn to become an independent learner by having lots of home learning provided to you that's that's one of the things we've got to to structure and prepare for and to teach students to do because they won't um, be able to do it on their own and of course the gap opens up because some can already and it's about how we how we accelerate um, the ones who, who haven't been able to access the, the material we provide as well to catch up. Yeah, Colin, do you want to come in on that? Yeah, I think it's a it's a very strong point from um, from, from from Mark um, that 
we had to react um, in a heartbeat, didn't we, to, to schools closing down. And, you know, in, in a utopian world, you would have had at least four to six weeks to prepare for something like that, where we could have done the work that we're planning to do in the tutorials then. But clearly, well, the world doesn't work, work like that. But for me, uh, the essence of our first phase of tutorials is very, very much around that well-being. We have done uh, a number of keeping in touch um, calls with, with all students and, and, and year groups. But actually physically seeing someone and having a conversation over a phone is a very, very different um, set of um, expectations, really. So what we're also going to do when, they, when our students come in is we have prepared for them, we've, we've invested in this uh, um, quite heavily, and I think it's well done. We are going to uh, provide our students with, I dare I say, almost like a goodie bag of, of things to take away with them from their tutorial. So that will include items of um, stationery, um, some chocolate, because we all like chocolate, some motivational quotes, um, prayers. We've also bought, bought, uh, purchased some different reading books for reading for pleasure so on so and of course it will include some paper-based um, study um, materials and work as well but we really wanted to um, give them something positive um, to take away from from their tutorial something nice to take home um, with them um, and to just get them feeling good again about um, reinstating themselves in education and working and, and continuing positive relationships with all members of staff yeah yeah, and so I mean, Mark mentioned about you know closing the gap, and you know these things take years and years to do, and, and we're conscious of the fact that the last few months have probably erased many years of, of decent work. What what are your thoughts on accelerating progress uh, as these children move and these students move into year eleven? I think, um, Tracy, we've got a huge tension here, haven't we, um, in terms of looking too far ahead and planning um, in a very, very hazy um, environment and climate at the moment. But what we're absolutely committed to at Holy Trinity is despite the challenge, and believe you me, it's very difficult, all head teachers will tell you this, on a day-to-day -day basis, you are back to basics, really, um, in, in your approach to, 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 to everything. But despite the challenge, we have to remain highly ambitious um, for our young people and not let this, I guess, challenge um, overcome us, which will then overcome our students. So the ambition, the expectation is there, although the challenge now is, is greater. So we've already done some work with our faculty leaders who, who meet with their um, teams via um, teams regularly around how we can adjust our curriculum um, going into um, year 11 um, next next year, having looks at how we can reinforce key skills, key learning, but also where possible, gain marginal gains by adjusting time focus on certain areas where students are confident and, and, and so forth. Looking at assessment in a very, very different um, way um, because we need to we need to focus on getting children in classrooms and that teaching and learning and that confidence again. So we would look at more of a formative model of uh, um, assessing our students um, to begin with and then work towards a summative model um, as and when that would be um, appropriate. But it's high engagement, it's high support um, and it's really, really targeting the strengths, the 
the skills and where we can make time efficient um, savings in terms of our curriculum coverage that would be um, that would be great fortunately in some subject areas i mean we always have this ambition at holy trinity whereby by the final by sort of february half term of, of year 11 curriculum and course content is, is is finished just to allow for some quality extra tuition and intervention and from there so we're very sharp now in terms of our curriculum coverage so although three months seems like a long time we were we were ahead in theory of where we needed to be uh, by the end of year 11 anyway so it's just gauging exactly where we are on that trajectory and these t- tutorials in the coming weeks will help us to ascertain exactly where we are and pinpoint um, what we need to do really moving into um, hopefully uh, a restoration of seeing our children more in September. Yeah, Mark? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was nodding along, um, which isn't helpful on a podcast, but <laughs> but I had to, uh, but I'll just to quickly tell you, I had to have my microphone muted because there's some homeschooling happening in my house right now, and I'm telling you, it is not going well. So, so if the screaming's anything to me, I don't think that's it in the, in the year four <laughs> curriculum, but then we will see. <laughs> I think I was nodding along because uh, Colin's kind of putting real uh, detail on on something that I'd like to talk about in a kind of slightly more general sense, which is um, obviously in, our, in like the way we. Um, think about education, we think about what we teach, our, our curriculum, how we teach it, um, and how, how we know that it was learnt, uh, and build that, that, that cycle around. And I think the pandemic um, has really, obviously, thrown out the middle of those. How do we teach the curriculum? How do we deliver that first? Um, and I think that's where the big challenge is, and I'd wholeheartedly agree with Colin. The, the issue is about how we, uh, how we teach better, given these circumstances? How do we leverage our teachers' expertise and ability in this uh, new framework for blended learning? Because they're the, the people who will know best how to address any gaps in student learning and catch them up. And when we've done this work in the past, um, in the 10 years that, or 11 years that I was at St Albans doing that work, it was teacher expertise that closes gaps. Um, and, it's, and it's the quality, the, the, the efficacy of, of teaching in the classroom. Um, as was then the closest gaps in with the efficacy of the delivery of blended learning in the first part of, of this comeback um, after after September that closes the gaps. Um, with that at the heart, there is also for us at ARC, um, we have pretty aligned curricula across most of our uh, uh, most of our secondary subjects, particularly the EVAC ones. And we're able to provide lots of the, what we can teach and do those tweaks for folks so they can really concentrate on how they're going to deliver them to the particular students with particular needs and particular learning gaps that are sitting in front of them or sitting on the end of the internet from them uh, at, at any given stage. And then I think really crucially, Connor, I think you're right in that, how do we know that they've learned it? Um, and how do we know that we've learned it when we're not as confident in the delivery mechanism as we used before? And one of the key things that I'm grappling with, I don't know the answer to this kind of question going through my mind, I feel that the the great teachers in the classroom respond very quickly in those formative moments to student error. Often they've anticipated, well, we know the best teachers anticipate the error before it arrives and they plan to tackle it, but they can spot it. And that fluidity in the classroom is impossible online uh, in quite the, quite the same way. 
So it feels that actually, although online is absolutely essential as a pragmatic solution for this, how do we build that efficiency around the formative moments that happen in the classroom with great speed in the master teacher's lesson, um, sometimes almost imperceptibly fast, because it feels less efficient and less effective um, online at the moment. Uh, I don't know the answers to those things, but those are the kind of questions that we're grappling with, both how can we set up a curriculum that takes some of that weight away from teachers to focus on being the best teaching of the blended learning approach that they can be? And then how can we, we've got um, uh, interim and summative assessment processes, how can we build those formative assessments and processes so they're as fluid, as near to, as fluid and efficient as they are in a great teacher's classroom um, when they're looking at student work? Yeah. Colin, anything further from you on that? No, I'm just in agreement with um, everything that Mark um, had, had, had said there. I think it, it's interesting to be, um, and, you know, almost if you're listening to this, it, it would be as if we've spoken before the podcast, but I can assure everyone this isn't, isn't the case. Never mind. <laughs> I'm just delighted, really, Mark. I've found reassurance in this conversation because the principle of what we're trying to achieve uh, mirrors um, what, what, what you are doing too. And I guess um, it will be, well, it's going to be similar um, for, for secondary, secondary heads. And I think um, what a key word that I'm using a lot with our staff is around collaboration um, and the fact that we are learning um, as each passing second of every day, we are all new learners in this world. It doesn't matter whether you're an experienced head teacher or a, a child newly arrived in the country in year seven. We're all starting, it's been the greatest leveller and the greatest equaliser. So as many opportunities as we can to collaborate with each other as colleagues, as head teachers, as um, academy leads or, or whatever, I think that nurtures the bonds of, of community, a sense of togetherness and also helps the learning um, to be realised in its fullest and purest um, form. Because normally, um, you would have a lot more reflection time, and Mark will agree with it. You don't have a lot of time to reflect at the moment. You just you're just reacting. It'd be lovely to get to a point where we can have some reflection um, uh, uh, around this and work together as colleagues to not just make a better world in our own schools, but also to make a better world around Birmingham uh, for for all schools. Yeah, I agree with you, and I've often I've often thought recently that. Um, what we take from this, what treasure we find in this in, in this uh, dark time and can take with us into the future, it's going to be the fruit of that collaboration and discussion, the value of what we're learning. Um, we won't be able to take everything with us, that's too, but we, there were some, there'll be some things that, are, that we would look for that would be, there could be significant changes to the way that we think about or actualize education in our city and in, in our country and you know i think one of the things that um that i am hopeful for that if i was to ask if i was asked which bit of treasure do you want i would be particularly thinking about equity and about equity in what we teach and about making sure that the best curriculum resources with the highest expectation and aspiration are put in front of all of our children and that they are all enabled by great teachers to be able to access them um, because i think that is the, the truth of the work of, of closing um, attainment gaps. We talk about them, that there's an attainment gap, but we mean there's a provision gap because we can close it. We're gonna to have to work really hard 
to close it again um, if it's opened up to the extent that the EEF are, are saying. But it's great to kind of talk to you, Colin, the like-minded person working in the in, in the same community as, as I served for a very long time. Um, yeah, the work is difficult and it is hard, but it is important that we do it. And we know that that, that kind of equity is is essential in the world because we see how COVID-19 has, has held the mirror up to what was already structurally different, difficult in our society. Um, and it's only by uh, by putting in the best provision that will will close that gap again. Thank you. I, I, when I was listening to you both talking and you were talking about the expertise of teachers, um, how much opportunity has there been in your schools for teachers to kind of share their practice, their, their, their online practice? Is, is that something that you've made conscious efforts or is that something that's happened by osmosis? Colin? Um, I think um, it's, it's a really, really good, good, good question. Um, we, we're fortunate at Holy Trinity that we have um, a, a really strong ICT um, support um, system in place where where Microsoft Teams and, and Zoom technology and all the various things that we've, we, 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 we've adapted to was embedded in our culture uh, and certainly in our thinking by the time the pandemic um, came along. Where there were um, gaps in confidence with, with, with members of staff, we did have time to, to support that before we went in um, to, to lockdown. And because we're very much remotely in touch as, as a staff, we've been able to perhaps support remotely um, anyway during this. Like with everything, there's different degrees of competency and, and, and confidence. And I would say, if I'm going to be brutally honest about myself, I would probably be in the least confident bracket in terms of use of technology. Some of the stuff that my staff can do at Holy Trinity is absolutely phenomenal. It just blows, blows my uh, mind uh, away, really. So what we need to do, once we are in a position to welcome more staff back in in the coming weeks, because we're still operating a road system for our vulnerable and key worker children at the moment, so not all staff are, are, are in school, but more will be returning in, in, in the coming weeks to support with year 10, etc. So perhaps what we could do, Trace, and this is a really good prompt for us to know um, from, from question, is perhaps we can put together some form of, of questionnaire or something or platform where staff can reflect upon um, the provision, reflect upon the expertise and also more importantly what we need to do as a school to support staff confidence in delivering virtual and blended learning and um, moving into what looks like a new norm um, in the short term certainly. I think so Tracy thank you for that suggestion uh, after reaching out to the suggestion around um, looking at what works and identifying what we need to do more of and better. Thanks Colin. Mark? Uh, in, terms of, um, in terms of looking at what works by um, dropping in for example to, to what our teachers are delivering, we've been really really clear that we don't want to do that at the moment because we think it just adds, a, adds, adds an extra um, kind of, I mean up why would be uh, what, what would I have to say about it, frankly? <laughs> because I'm no expert in it, um, and it would just be uh, one of those bizarre observation moments that nobody enjoys and doesn't uh, help anyone get better. Um, I think that said, that we are beginning arc to be able to talk about some teaching strategies that we think work, that we have seen there's a research evidence, uh, research base for, and begin to gather some 
examples of that from teachers who want to share them with us so that we can say here is what here are some of the things that you need to consider when delivering online learning that tackle these particular problems and here is an example of someone doing it but we wouldn't be um, at all interested in going in and seeing how people are doing i mean i think that was a there were strange rumors circulating in the the fog of war right at the beginning about about like various people observing various other people online that just made me want to tear my hair out because i mean what 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 is anybody doing and why are they doing that i mean there must be more important things um, and you know when somebody somebody who doesn't know what they're looking at is making a judgment about it i i i i think it gives me the heebie-jeebies frankly so i think there is so that's not a thing but i think but having the collaborative, the search-based, collective discussion about what works and then gathering models of it working so that folk can see it and compare their own practice to those, analyze the gap between it and work on some of those improvements themselves would be would be a powerful and important thing for folks to be able to do. We're beginning to pull that together and of course we'll share it as soon as we've, we've got something that, that makes any sense um, as part of our teaching and learning work at ARC because we know that we're going to need to offer training and support to our, all of our teachers in, in September and, and going forward to, to do this well. Well, see, that's a very opportune moment for us to kind of just flag up to everybody that this is one of the things we're looking at, is, is doing some work on this instead of our, our face-to-face conference up there, is to actually pull together some virtual um, stuff that we can share and the teachers can dip in and out of. So your thoughts, your learning, your staff's thoughts, your staff's learning on any of this would just be utterly tremendous. Um, and our 30 minutes is up, so I would just like to thank you both very much and to say well done on behalf of the children of Birmingham for everything you're doing. Uh, and we're all really proud of you. And